Double trouble with double bubble. And I'm gonna take a swamp day. Let's, Let's learn, learn a thing, thing or two. two. Two clap sinks are better than one. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Matt, we're here. We got topics. We're delighted. It's a Tuesday afternoon. You know, I'm right to teach. Let's and learn. Matt, let's learn. And Matt, I'm doing a podcast. Terrible thing. I'm chewing gum. You announced that earlier. It's gross, Thomas. It's I know. Gross. It's unprofessional of me. It's I, ASMR you, to some people. You expect more, but... I'm chewing gum. Emphasize it, really. Because I want to talk about <laughs> chewing gum. All right. Well, that's enough of that. I've been chewing this gum for like half an hour, so I'm going to Does it have any flavor left? Not really. But, Matt, why do we chew gum? I'm not, a, I'm not a big gum fan, but I can give you a couple reasons. One, breath. Fresh breath. breath. Yeah. Um, you didn't brush your teeth. You're in a hurry. You're in a rush. Two, Another reason could be for focus. People like to do it while they're doing something else. You focus while you're like kind of like moving your hands. It's like moving your mouth. Uh, a third reason could be for flavor as a snack to hold you over. So these are all pretty good. Okay. I would agree okay. with most of those, and the scientific community would agree as well. Science. We're getting into science. So, yeah, I could. I was thinking about telling you, it's like, let me tell you what chewing gum is, which, you know what? I, I'll, I'll give a little sneak peek. So chewing gum is, I mean, it's rubber. It's plastic. You're chewing on plastic. Ew. But it used to be a natural lover, lover, rubber. Oh, rubber. From the rubber tree. From the gum tree. As it was called like chillitin. Chillil? Chill? C-H-I-C-L-E. If I'm not wrong, they would harvest it out of the, uh, the rainforest in yes. South America. Yeah. And it had to be tested for purity and cleanliness. But now modern day chewing gum uses synthetic gum. Because it has a longer flavor, better texture, and it's not as tacky. Because mm. you don't want tacky gum. No, you want smooth gum. So the classic double bubble invented here in Philadelphia. Is it really? Yeah. Double bubble is a Philly local legend. It is. It came from the Fleer Chewing Gum Company. Double bubble. And it was double called, bubble. first it was Blibber Blubber. Blibber Blubber. But then it was changed to double bubble. Double bubble. I and like it, double bubble. It's pink. Do you know why it's pink? Is that the actual color of the rubber? It was the only color he had at the time. Oh, to dye it. Yeah. To put in a color. So that's pink. why bubblegum color is usually pink. That's true, Thomas. I never really thought about that. So, and then pink. World War II had bazooka bubblegum. Mm -hmm. And then with... Oh, literally bazooka bubblegum exactly. out of World War II with the use of bazookas. And that was all with like natural gum and then once synthetic gum comes along, you got like Hubba Bubba, Bubba Yum, Bubble Tape, all that... All the kid bubblegum. I mean, yeah, you yeah. got your classic Trident and, like, Dentine. Those those companies came a little bit later to the table, right? Yeah. But we're not here to really talk about the process. You can find out the process on a how-to video of three minutes. You could probably make your own. It's a little, a little bit of a process. That's a chemistry experiment, for sure. That's okay. one of those products that's, like, as much as I want to say I'd love to make my own, the process and the effort involved in making your own chewing gum... It's probably not worth it. But chewing gum can reduce stress ah. and boost memory. I remember when I was in high school or middle school, not sure. I remember someone telling me that I should chew gum while I study. And then when I take the test, I should chew the same gum. What if you forgot your gum? Well, then you're screwed. You're, you're 
poop out of luck. I was going to say, I wasn't a gum fan, but I'm all for memorizing things. Maybe I should try this. This could be a live experiment. So, one study shows that people who chewed gum during tests performed 24% better in the short-term memory tests and 36% better in the long-term memory tests. That's substantial, Thomas. Yeah. Wow. And apparently, some studies have even found that chewing gum during tests could be a bit of a distraction at first, but it could help you focus in the long term. Once you get used to the idea of having multitasking going on. Yes. But to be honest, the chewing gum improving memory theory isn't fully understood. One theory is it improves improves blood flow to the brain because you're chewing gum and you're using the muscles in your head. But also studies have found that chewing gum leads to decreased feelings of stress and more alertness at the same time. Now, people can say all they want about gum, but then there's a lot of far-fetched things as well. Matt, apparently chewing gum could help you lose weight. Is that true? You're burning calories by moving your mouth. Is that the it's idea? it's as true as you'd like to think of celery makes you lose weight because it takes five calories to eat three calories of celery. Ooh, some small amounts, small baby steps, baby steps. But chewing gum apparently is a helpful tool for weight loss because not only is it sweet and low in calories, but it gives you a sweet taste without blowing your diet. That's right. It, it fills that void of what you could be eating a cupcake for. And chewing oh, can reduce your appetite, which prevents you from overeating. Mm. And then one small study shows that after chewing gum, uh, people had a decreased hunger and reduced snacking across the day by like 10%. I probably would too. Not that I consider gum a food, but earlier I did mention like, oh, you already have food. But gum is definitely not a food. You don't swallow it. It doesn't fill your craving for i mean it could fill craving but it doesn't fill your i mean no no what am i saying it can fill an appetite but it can't give you the nutrients that food would give it gives you the illusion you also have to think of the flavor of gum you chew because mint is a very popular flavor of bubble gum is it the most popular i would say it's the most popular i'd say it's the most popular because i mean it's a minty fresh breath yeah now, there's this correlation, though. People don't like eating food, like savory foods after having something minty. I know, like, when I brush my teeth, That's, I try to do it yeah. after I have breakfast, not only because I don't want to clean my teeth and eat food. Yeah, you don't want to have cereal with a minty, already tasting But, mouth. yeah, I don't want that minty taste while I'm buying down on, like, eggs. Eggs and mint? No. 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 No, 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 no. Thomas, we can't do that. So that's that, brilliant. That's, that's one brilliant. of the other reasons why it also is encouraged that you chew mint gum while grocery shopping because it curbs your appetite so you won't buy as much. I have that big, big problem of in the grocery store I go when I'm hungry and I buy all this stuff I do not need. I'm going to chew gum. Now, of course, chewing gum does have a lot of benefits that are more than just psychological. Chewing gum does reduce bad breath and improve your teeth. Well, protect your teeth. The sugar-free gums. Yes, sugar-free gums, Those specific of ones, the yucky ones that I don't like. So, studies have shown that chewing gums are sweetened with a sugar alcohol called xylenol. Or xylitol. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. They are more effective than other sugar-free gums of preventing tooth decay. 
This is because xylitol prevents growth of bacteria that cause tooth, tooth decay and bad breath. Mm. So maybe we should get away from these sugar-free gums and go for this type of sugar. Because at least it tastes gums. good then. Yeah. It is... You're no- selling me on gum right yeah, now. Yeah, well, it's a known fact that... For by a non-chewer, chewing, I want to become a chewer. Yeah, for chewing that type of gum, the bad bacteria in your mouth goes down by 75%. That's a hefty amount. And also, something I know today, because I, hadn't had, I haven't bought a pack of gum in a long time. I, um, I was chewing gum after I had lunch. And I found out with this fact, I kind of agree with it. So, chewing gum increases saliva. You know, you're still yeah. chewing after a meal. Yeah, because it's a flavor. You Not only does this help wash away harmful sugars and food debris, but also because of the tackiness, in a sense, it cleans your mouth. And I'm sure it helps digestion, in a way. It keeps it the does. cycle going. Yeah. Yeah, so, if it's lubricating your whole system. You're, obviously, your mouth is attached to your esophagus and everything. Chewing wow. gum is a habit in a sense. And that's why when it comes to quitting nicotine cigarettes, there's been this push for nicotine gum. Because it really does help people smoke. Instead of going for a pack of cigarettes, it's going for a piece of gum. And I think and obviously gum has other benefits to it. Yeah. yeah. So do you think there's any negative side effects of chewing gum besides maybe too sugary, too many cavities? Other than being a choking hazard, I I really don't think that's it. Well, chewing gum obviously can cause some problems with your jaw if you chew too much. Oh yeah. The overworking of your jaw. It's a muscle. And because of that also, chewing gum can be linked to headaches as well. Because Yeah, because you're going at it. Yeah, the tension to, yeah. the tension in your head. So what chewing gum you want to get back into chewing gum, you say. So I'm about chew- to. What I chewing gum should me. you should you go for? Well, I'm looking online here. I just Googled kind of gum. Teeth whitening gum would be nice. I'd like that, you know. Maybe a non-mint flavored something. Try something outside the box. You know what came up? Chewed bubble gum. $3.50 on Etsy. Already chewed? Already chewed. Mm, I don't know about that one. I think I might go with that. <laughs> well, one thing you have to worry about, though, with teeth whitening gum it's a food additive that whitens products and smooths textures, but high doses of this titanium dioxide can do damage. What type of damage, Thomas? Well, in some animal studies, they have linked high dosage of titanium dioxide with nervous system and organ damage in rats. Organ damage? Yeah. That's the last thing I need. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it, though. So... Well, I won't chew excessively. Like you said, I'm only going to chew when I do homework, study, and take Maybe tests. after a meal. Maybe after a meal. While I'm shopping is going to be the number one, Thomas. I will actually I will buy a pack of gum at the grocery store and then do my shopping. But try to get that sugar-free with the Zathol, and then you'll be golden. You'll have clean teeth. You'll have good breath, and you know you'll be a happy camper, Matt. And that's, that's all we try to do here at Two Top, just make some happy campers. Yeah, it's all about bettering our lives with knowledge. Yeah, so? I'm happy now, and I'm intrigued. I'm going to chew gum. I will actually I, chew gum. I wish I actually brought my pack of gum. I uh, I left it at home. I took a piece and walked out. Ah, shucks. Which is kind of a, defeats the purpose of having a pack of gum with you. Another thing would be mints. Mints are, are quicker, but the actual physical property of chewing gum is, is very unique to the gum aspect. 
you're really just like chewing plastic in a sense. When all the flavor's gone, you're really just. I mean, why do why do kids have compulsive problems with chewing on plastic on pen tips and stuff? You can substitute it with gum, and gum is better than obviously chewing on like a petroleum product. It's interesting. It's something to look into. But I'm gonna report back to you, Thomas, and let you know how my uh, test scores are. And I'd love to hear it. But Matt, what what could you be bringing to the table today, Thomas? We're gonna head uh, head down south here and get get into the swamps. Oh, Louisiana day. Louisiana. We're well specifically. We're talking about wetlands today. Okay. Wetlands are very unique. There is a lot more to wetlands than we think. Besides being a wetland. Be- besides being a wetland, there now, are a couple now you different have types my attention. of properties. So, the reason I brought this up is because have you ever needed a swamp day? You just a day like you know what I need a swamp day. I need to go down to the swamp and have a day. You know I've thought about it like a little mud bath day. A mud you bath know, day. Harness just, my inner Shrek. Um, yes, this is my swamp. But I'm no I I mean personally I haven't had a swamp day, Matt. But I'm sure you have something to share. There are many types of wetlands, but there are four categories specific to wetlands. What the FDA kind of or i'm sorry the epa did yeah. i say fda i'm still thinking the food wrong. and drug administration has nothing to do <laughs> the with the epa wetlands. has labeled four specific types of wetlands can you name any of them i mentioned one of them swamp swamp uh wet wetland dry wetland and what moist the wetland <laughs> what's near the beach do you know oh uh bay no close J- it's uh, attached to a bay typically it's um it's that part that is not quite Ocean, but not quite. Starts with an M. Uh, a migraine. Marsh. Oh, right. Marsh. Marsh. Okay. Then we have bog. Right. You have your marsh, your bog, your swamp. And then we have a fen. Ah. Fens are unique. I've never heard of a fen until now. I only know a forest fen. A forest fen. You know what? Actually, okay, we'll get to this. When I explain what a fen is, maybe maybe you'll find something very interesting that I just realized on the spot here. Anyway, wetlands are naturally caused by a couple different factors, mostly floodwaters from nearby lakes or rivers, saturation from rain and runoff, groundwater close to the surface that continually flows up like a spring, or coastal waters that often immerse nearby land. So you can kind of categorize the ones I just mentioned into those categories. So there can also be artificially occurring swamp areas and wetlands, um, they might form when beavers dam a river or a stream. Those damn beavers. Those damn beavers. Literally, beavers will flood a whole entire city. There have been crazy instances of beavers causing crazy damage. They are havoc creatures. They are. It's amazing. It's really amazing. I'm sure you're going to bring it up, but a lot of our cities have been built on top of wetlands like Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. And I think San Francisco as well. And those areas are, are saltwater plains because we're close to the uh, Chesapeake River that leads to the sea. So it's kind of saltwater, and you get a lot of that type of vegetation, but they build up on top of that. But when you get into building on top of those surfaces, surfaces, I put in parentheses here, surfaces meaning soft mud type mm. bile type organic matters silt deposit that forms in these wetland areas which causes i'm sure you know it causes quite 
it's the difficulty in building, right? Yeah, it's it's not a stable surface. You have to really pile stuff down into it in order to build. Yeah. Now, the EPA is pretty strongly fascinated by wetlands because it affects where we build, how we build, when we build. And sometimes, in many cases, the um, EPA will actually flood areas on purpose to inhibit um, and promote uh, growth of certain vegetation and even insects in some cases and, and creatures that could be predators to invasive species. Well, what's great about wetlands is they're so not for humans that they're great for animals. That's it. They're not for humans, which makes me think my swamp day might not be too natural. It might, no. it might be a little weird. So I'm going to go through each type of wetland, kind of describe the basic characteristics of it. And I want to get to I want to get to that fen point because that's really interesting. Um, a marsh to start out, is a wetland frequently or continually filled with water, as usual, it's wetland. Uh, marshes can be found on the coast and inland, and it can either be freshwater or saltwater. Now, I'm familiar with fre- uh, saltwater ones by the coast. There can be freshwater marshes. So marshes are also categorized by the grassy, soft vegetation that grows in them. You, you picture those grass and reeds and everything. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of a marsh. Normally, there are no tall trees in uh, marshes. Normally just grasses. Normally just grasses, yeah. Okay. And lots of wind can go through there, but it does prevent erosion of the land because grasses have a nice root structure that holds it. So that's a strong characteristic of the marsh. Moving on, we get into the swamp. My personal favorite. We all want a swamp day. Swamp is any wetland dominated by woody plants and several feet of water. So when you are looking at a swamp, when you step into a puddle, it's not a swamp. You need several feet below you need to have clearance for alligators to swim below you, you. have those uh where are the trees that are that Man- the mangrove trees. yes the mangrove trees that's yep. the that's the thing i think of when i think of swamp now that is specific to the forested swamps there are two types of swamps there's a forested swamp and a shrub swamp oh. forested swamps have those big mangrove trees that the big root structures that look like they're levitating like almost houses on stilts right and if you think about architecture thomas humans kind of look to nature to inspire the design of houses on stilts to prevent them from sitting in the water you look at a tree holding above the water and also you can't have a solid foundation so you just have these little piles going down micro foundations to lift it to one big one right it's fascinating so a swamp has many creatures in it obviously it could be freshwater or saltwater most of them are freshwater crocodile Crocodiles or alligator. S- alligators. Okay, crocodiles are saltwater. Alligators are freshwater. Right. There's an old uh, proverb that goes, um, "You'll f- you'll easily forget your goal when draining a swamp when you're up to your neck with alligators." And it took me a little bit to understand what that means, but a swamp is filled with wildlife. That's the idea. Right. Alligators are gleaming through the swamp. They thrive off the environment. Like you said, it's not a place for humans. They can live kind of in seclusion in their own shady, cool climates. Sounds pretty nice, Yeah, it sounds like a great time. Maybe that's why I'm inclined to have a swamp day. I couldn't tell you. Moving on, we're going to the bog. Bogs are interesting. Bogs don't sound as nice right off the bat. Bogs are where they go, oh, we found a body from 300 years ago in the bottom of the bog. Yeah. Thomas, that, that's a very good example of what a bog might be. Not that, isn't it just like so toxic that nothing can live in the water? That's it. It's mostly um, from precipitation, and that could be kind of dirty. Precipitation also where it sits. It's sitting water. They have mossy floors. It's mostly found in the northeast and the Great Lakes regions. 
Um, an interesting fact, they're excellent places to grow cranberries. Have you ever seen cran- artificial cranberry kind of areas where yeah. they float them in the water? They also do that in bogs, but they have to control the water. But like you said, you might find a body in a bog. You know what? I think they found like a dinosaur in a bog. It's sitting, yeah, and they've been there for thousands of years. It literally takes up to 10,000 years for one to form. Oh. You know, the oldest, that's how they da- they dated the oldest bog. Well, we better not drain our bogs. We better not drain our bog. Just let them sit. Let them do their thing. You know, so, don't mess with them. So what's a fen? A fen. We're getting into fen. Forest fen. That's funny you brought that up because a fen is similar to a bog except that a fen receives its water from the ground rather than precipitation. It's water that feeds from a melted glacier. Oh. So it has ancient roots, which is uh, very symbolic of our of our friend, of the our, treasure hunter, who little, has ancient treasure. Our little forest fen guy. Maybe that's a clue in itself. Yeah. I don't know. I'm alluding to our episode on forest fen's treasure. So that's when an aquifer or a glacier or some water source seeps into the earth and just so- soaks into it so much that it's it just... It's established. It's very okay. established. These are the oldest of of bogs. But they're categorized as fens because they have certain minerals and sediments in there, and it is not from just precipitation. It is from the groundwater of the glacier. And that doesn't mean – I mean, our Great Lakes were formed from glaciers. Yes. But that doesn't mean that a Great Lake is a fen. No. Because that's not still water. That has its own water cycles happening. Not that a fen wouldn't have water cycles happening, but it's a much smaller scale that sits with sediment in it. It's not quite the same. I get that. Yeah. So, Matt, now that you've gone through them all, I do have to ask the burning question in my mind. There must have been something that brought you onto the conversation of wetlands today. Well, yeah. I am actually going to be filming a music video in a swamp. Oh. But here's the thing, Thomas. My budget doesn't allow me to go to a swamp. So I was like, what can I substitute a swamp for that's very similar? So I pulled up the uh, EPA website after I searched swamp. And I saw there are four different types of wetlands, and I have easy access to one of those four. You can probably guess which one. A marsh. Yeah, you just go to the marsh. You can go to Marsh Creek near us. You can go to the beach, the saltwater marshes, and it looks like a swamp. You will have different vegetation. So a wetland expert would be able to tell the difference. But But I'm going for the atmosphere altogether. Interesting. Thanks for asking that, Thomas. It's the... Look, the only time I know anybody's talked about wetlands or any, like, natural bodies is in the elementary school project. I had glaciers. Yeah. It was a great model, so I'm not sure. Wow. So I was like, man, I know what Matt learns in school, and I know that he's definitely not learning no, about wetlands. I I'm thinking about my project back to it. I did um, the levels of the canopy in the rainforest, oh, like okay. the different tree levels. That's a whole eco- that's a whole yeah, podcast in um, itself. I can't remember that. Maybe I should get the old diorama I made oh, out of a shoebox. I think my glacier is still somewhere in the attic. We should uh, bring them back and represent them for a science fair. The Two Top Science Fair. Absolutely. We'll set up a table and we'll just go at it. That's a great idea. The we, Two Top Science Fair. Uh, Literally arts and crafts projects. It sounds made, like a great Made time. by adults. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So you're going to a, a marsh to shoot a music video. That's I'm going to report back and tell you what I found. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm very curious. Well, at least I know the marshes near us, you're not going to find any alligators. No. Thank goodness. So, thank goodness. Wait. Yes, alligators, because crocodiles are saltwater. No, freshwater. Crocodiles are saltwater. 
Alligators are freshwater. So you'd find a crocodile in the marsh. Theoretically, you could, but not up here in the north. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna find no. any. I've um, I've seen some crocodiles in the wild. Have you really? Yeah. Where? What in state? Belize. Actually. Belize. Yeah. Cano- canoeing? No. Kayaking. Wow. And a gator. I'm honestly terrified. I do have recurring nightmares of alligator and crocodiles. Fun fact. Well, you're a big water guy, so that's more in your life. Sharks, not so much, though. I'm terrified of sharks, but I don't dream about them. You're just more of a... Because uh, I think they are... Sharks are beautiful at their core. Like, it's an amazing well, what you, organic composition. What are you trying to say about uh, our boys, Mr. Crocodile oh, and Alligator? I'm just saying they look a little ancient, and I don't want to mess with them. All right. Well, I, I see how it is. <laughs> you know, they probably had bad breath, too. So, you know, I'd pop them a piece of gum. Pop them a piece of gum, you see know, if they get better grades. Clean it up a little bit. But, yeah. wow, Matt, I'm glad you brought me back to the science like the science class roots. And I'm glad you brought me back to chewing gum. Yeah, who knows? Seriously, I'm, I'm dead serious. You turned me on to chewing gum. I will go pick up a pack this evening. Get something minty and fresh. Or, or not minty. Or not minty. I'm going to go with the classic bubblegum flavor. Oh, okay. It's going to get real old real quick. Yeah, yeah. It'll take me back. Maybe some double bubble. Oh, yeah. You know, for the, like, when I get a haircut, the place I go has a jar of double bubble. And I always, I always grab one on I'm the I'm sure out. you have some uh, memory, cognitive relationship there. Oh, it's just. Every time you chew it, it reminds you of the place. Getting my haircut. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, while we just wallow in our memories, I think <laughs> I think this is it for Two Top this week. Yeah, we hope you learned two things. Yeah. I mean, we got a little science class going on for you. We got a little... little uh, I guess gastronomy. Gastronomy. Science. I guess more science, to be more honest. Science. We have a lot of science this time. But that's what we have for this week's episode of Two Top. And yeah. we'll see you guys next time. Another Two Topics. See you. This was Two Top an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.